Hi, I'm your host, Karina Gantis, and you're listening to a special edition of Behind the Pen for the NAPOD POMO National Podcast Post Month. Karina Gantis here, your host for Behind the Pen. I'm an award-winning author of 14 books. I'm a YouTuber, a booktuber. I'm the host of Author Assist on the Artist First Radio Network, podcaster with Behind the Pen, of course, and Narrations by KK. I also run Author Assist, which helps new authors and uh, traditional authors uh, with their marketing and promotion. Everything from brainstorming an idea right through to marketing the final product and uh, I've missed one yes I'm also an award-winning filmmaker now as well it's another one I can add to my CV today I'm chatting with debut author I'm so excited about this uh Justin let me get the name right Justin Brimhole welcome to the show Justin thank you for having me it's cool and congratulations on your first book how does it feel thank you it feels great it's it's surreal because it's been such a long time. I've been working on the the book itself and the story for so long that to actually have it in my hands and, and to have it out in the world is, it's indescribable. Do you mind me asking uh, how old you are? I am 36. 36, so you sort of, uh, you started uh, midlife to become a, an author. So Pretty much. I mean, have you, well, you, when you were younger, was it something you wanted to do, but never had the opportunity, never had the time, never had the motivation, or did it suddenly, the bug suddenly hit you at the age of 30? A little bit of both. So my mom pushed me a lot um, when I was young. It was something that she saw in me at an early age. At the time when I was younger in high school and going through college and stuff, I was an athlete. So I I was always focused on my athletics more Mm. primarily. Um, But I always was drawn to writing and I did it a lot in college on my own uh, for fun. And that's actually where this concept came from was way back when I was in college. And I played around with the idea, tried to write different various uh, versions of it and kind of put it down and, and didn't really think about it. And then around age 30, 31, I just really had that itch to write it. And I had a clear direction of where I needed to go with it and started doing it again. This, and this is it. I think uh, that was the time for you. You know, when mm-hmm. it's time to write that book. Right. And if you try and do it when you're not ready, then it's not going to work out. So you <laughs> have true. to be patient. I mean, mm-hmm. you've got those ideas, they're swimming. Okay, write them down on paper. But until you are itching to, to get hold of that keyboard, or in my way, I do on pen and paper first anyway, uh, <laughs> until you're itching to get hold of that pen, um, then just keep those notes to one side, keep those dream diaries to one side, keep those... Oh, yeah dialogues that have been going on in your head to one side <laughs> until you can have the time which is, is a big big thing is 
having the time to write a book and um, uh, it, it takes a lot of time, patience, effort, blood, sweat and tears. And we, oh, we yeah. say that maybe, maybe <laughs> sometimes not so much blood unless you cut your finger with the paper, but uh, uh, sweat and tears most definitely. definitely. So from the concept, you had the first concept when you were at uh, university, I'm guessing. Yes. But you were concentrating on your sports. What were you doing athletic-wise? I was playing baseball. So uh, oh. I played in high school. I didn't get an athletic scholarship or anything like that to play at the university. I walked on once one of my years. I think it was my junior year and got cut. And I mean, it, I was still chasing it. It was still in the back of my mind, but I was balancing between the two. So I was, you know, doing the whole athletic thing where you're working out and you're doing your drills and stuff like that. And you're going to class and you're, you're doing your studies and everything. And I had written the idea down um, and I knew that I would come back to it. So yeah. it, at that time, there was just so much going on that yeah. I didn't even actually sit down and write it until after I had graduated and got a job. Cause then it was exactly. just a job that I had. So it was easier to kind of compartmentalize what I needed to do. It was just two things that I was juggling versus, you know, three or four. So oh, when you were at uni, much yeah, easier. exactly. You said, going back to what your mom said, you said to your mom saw something in you that she knew that you could write that you would be an author I mean mm -hmm. how old were you when she she saw that and she knew and she pushed you to it um I I don't have a, a definitive age she would say like as young as six or seven I mean when you're doing the the whole school thing where they had little things yeah. yeah and little little stories and stuff she just she saw that I had the talent for for detail and and telling something very detailed even at a young age and mm. every time that she brought it up when I was a kid I mean I'm a kid I'm like how oh, whatever mom <laughs> you know, whatever you know and and she just she stayed on me and she would bring it up you know, junior high, high school. And when Good I got into that. high school, she really was pushing it because I was, the next step was college. So she was kind of like, you need to, you need to pursue this. This is what you need to do. This is what I think you're going to be great at. And I was like, ah, baseball, baseball mom. And, uh, one of my teachers, uh, in, well, actually a couple of teachers, they were my English teachers. They, had us do different kind of assignments mm -hmm. and they saw the same thing and they said the same thing to me which I told my mom and my mom I told like, you ha, uh, I knew before <laughs> them yeah right. mother, mother's always right <laughs> right uh, I don't tell her that <laughs> <laughs> oh, that that's awesome but, but it's really good that you got that um push from school as well because the opposite happened to me Oh. I spent uh, one summer writing these poems and these imaginative uh, short stories and I played about and flowered the borders and then stapled it all together in a little book and and I went back to this is at high school went back to uh, my teacher it wasn't a project it was just for me that I was doing in the summer holidays I asked her to have a look at it 
she gave it back to me covered in red pen um sarcastic okay. comments wow and basically turned around to me and said you will never be an author wow and how many i won't say how many but many many years later <laughs> now coming up to my 14th book award-winning um multi uh best-selling on amazon and and so forth and if i, mm -hmm. I knew her name and address i would send her a copy and <laughs> but, but you don't expect that but actually it was that it was her that drove me to prove to myself and to others that i could do it definitely definitely so maybe that's took why a positive she, out of a negative she could have said sure. it like that to actually push me to work mm -hmm. harder Maybe she saw something, but she wanted to, um, instead of saying, oh, yeah, yeah, this is great, she wanted to do it negatively to make me think I've got to work harder. I don't know. I don't know. But I'm glad that your uh, tutor saw that in you and, um, and, and said that to you and, and made you think. If, uh, if one person says it, okay. But if three people say it, mm -hmm. thinks, you know. Well, my my uh, teacher, my English teacher, senior year, because my junior uh, year English teacher, she said it before she did. But my senior uh, English teacher, she flat out told me, she was, she was like, if you do not write, if you do not become an English major, she was like, I will hunt you down. And I will force <laughs> you to be one. And I, I just kind of laughed it off and she's like, I'm not, I'm not kidding. And I went back um, my freshman year. It was when I was wrapping up my freshman year at college. I came back just to see, you know, my, my favorite teachers. And she had walked by the doorway and she saw me and she stopped and she goes, English major. I was like, English major. Cause I had, I had declared um, just before the end of my freshman year. She was like, great. I don't have to hunt you down now. Oh, that's wonderful. So, oh, I hope she get, she gets a copy of the book. I think I, I do too. I've been looking for her. So I, I hopefully, hopefully I can find her or she sees it. So when you finally had the time and you sat down with all your notes and you typed the first word, how long did it take you from then to having the final copy in your hand? Uh, about three years. So wow. When I started writing it, when I actually put the keys, the fingers to the keys, it took me about a year, maybe a little bit over a year to write it. Um, but then that version of it, because like I said, it went through multiple versions. I was having difficulty kind of straightening everything out. Mm -hmm. And uh, my best friend helped me a great deal, a great deal, because I... I you know how it is where you where you have all these ideas and they're swimming in your head and you don't you don't know much. which one's which you know what I mean and, and you're you're plucking different ones out and yeah. but there's still other ones in there or there's better ones in there and he really helped me kind of hone in on the direction that I needed author? to take it everything no he's just a, a an enthusiast so he oh, loves wow, books that's loves stories amazing. and that's what really helped it. And I rewrote it and it took me just under a year to rewrite it. And mm -hmm. it was easier because I already had the bones. So it was just yeah. a matter of taking out more of the fluff and stuff. And putting and fleshing it up a bit. Yeah. I was able to flesh it out much easier. And 
then the process was really quick. So once I got it done, I started sending out queries like you always do. And um, that's when, you know, you start getting the rejections and I didn't know what I was going to do when I was getting the rejections. I was like, you know, I, I think that it's I hard. need to do self-publishing if I can't mm -hmm. get, an, get a literary agent do it the traditional way. And it was around that time that I participated in like a, a like a pitch war on oh, Twitter. Yeah, on yeah. Twitter. I can't remember the the specific one. I would have to look it up. But I just did did a pitch, and that's when um, Rhetoric SQ Publishing came knocking and told me to submit. And I submitted, and it, it happened really quick. It happened within three weeks. So oh, wow. got it and then started moving forward. And, and obviously we hit, hit some snags and some delays with the COVID situation um, kind of hindered that progress. But from start to finish, it was about three years from beginning to end. Well, congratulations on, on finding a publisher because that Thank is a, a big, big thing. It's, it's not easy for any author. No. Um, no. And it's, it's actually having the choice making that choice is hard enough because as an independent author you've got all the expense and you're doing all your own marketing promotion right. which you're doing anyway with the publisher we'll speak about that <laughs> but um, um you're doing all the expense as well and so even though you've got the controls and you're in charge of the cover you're in charge of which editor you're going to hire um then you've got a publisher who you know is is going to do all that um but they're going to take a nice slice of the pie mm -hmm. and you have to decide <laughs> you know which is the right way to go um have you got an agent or are you just with a publisher just with the publisher um i'm not opposed to getting one mm -hmm. um I, i've been kind of just going through the motions of this i, I don't even know if if that would even be a possibility at this point, I've just been trying to kind of get, get my feet underneath me because everything happened so quick. Yeah. It's kind of like, here, here's your book. This is what's, what you got to do and everything. So I've, I've been scrambling to do what I need to do and I haven't really given it much thought, but I personally, I just wanted my book to get out there. That, that yeah. was really all I wanted. I didn't care how it got out there. <laughs> which is why I thought about doing the self-publishing route if I couldn't get a literary agent. And thankfully, Rhetoric SQ found me and I was able to, to do it. But that that was the goal. That was the key. I wanted to just I, get it. I may be ignorant here, but I haven't heard of that name. Are they a small press? Are they a big publishing They're, they're a small press. They're, they're yeah. independent, um, growing. So there's a lot of us uh, writers that they have. It's, it's mm -hmm. a big... Uh, family we call it the askew family and uh they're they're all super talented um independent writers um one of them just got a got a literary agent just a wonderful know, like a week ago so yeah. oh excellent i was gonna say with the small press they can only do so much to help especially when mm -hmm. they've got other authors and they're splitting their time up um with a major publisher um, you wouldn't probably need an agent because they'd be taking uh, control of um, trying to to get uh, screenplay done and film rights right. and merchandise and going on and on. They can do all that themselves, a big publisher. But with a independent publisher, you would need to find an agent to go that 
next step right. you know um so now that you're published your foot's in the door already mm-hmm. you've got a better chance than another debut author without a publisher right so i wouldn't give up on that i mean once you, you you've got your head in the right place and you're comfortable with where you are and what you're doing right. then i would definitely carry on uh, looking for an uh, uh, agent a literary agent because um, yeah, yeah definitely i i'm like i said i'm not opposed to it you know that that would be it would be nice to have that which is why everybody strives to have that because when you're independent everything's on you to do everything mm-hmm. and me in particular i'm not the most tech savvy even though my job is technical <laughs> i'm not i can't believe you just said very... that <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm tech savvy when it comes to my job. Like I know what I'm doing there. But when it comes to, you know, building my own website and and the newsletters and all those things, I have really had to lean on other people that that know how to do it. And we have an amazing writing community. They are amazing on Facebook, um, especially on Facebook. Um, When I first published 27 years ago um I had the book in my hand and I didn't know what I was doing and I learned from people and I learned from webinars and I I learned from from um just um knowing people and and watching how it's done and then over the 27 years uh, I've learned more and got more skillful in in different things and then started up my my services to help uh, people like yourself who uh, are struggling and don't know which road to take and where to go and because right. there are so many different platforms which one should I use which one should I concentrate on how do I promote myself without buy my book sale which doesn't work um, how do I think out of the box what do I need to get people's attention um, all of that is 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 what I help my clients with um, but uh, I was in exactly the same boat as you when uh, I had my book published. But what did it feel like to hold it in your hand for the first time? It it was it was surreal. I, I always use that word because it just I didn't think. I mean, you you hoped and you always strive for that. That that was always the goal. But there's always that in the back of your mind that oh, what if it doesn't happen or maybe it won't happen or, or whatever. So when everything happened and, you know, went out first on Kindle, all I could think about was I can't wait until I can actually hold it, you know, cause I knew people that had downloaded it. I'm like, yeah, this is, this is awesome, but I can't wait till I like actually hold my book. And that's really um, unusual to do it that way. Normally you mm-hmm. have the proof copy in your hand mm-hmm. before the ebook goes out in case there's any problems with it, you know? Right. And that was because of the, the current climate. So the, the printing uh, was behind, so it was launched digitally. And so it, it had been out for like a week, maybe two. And then I was able to order the the actual physical copies, and then um, I got the package about well, I want to say two weeks ago, and opened it up and actually held it in my hand, and it was it, it was emotional. I, I I posted it online through my. I was going to say, um, did you do a live video of the opening? You've got. I didn't to do, do a live that. video. I just had it recorded and just uploaded it because I didn't. I don't know. I, I'm I'm shy that way. I'm bashful that way. I didn't want to come across 
you know, dumb or <laughs> anything like that or do anything kind of, you know, embarrassing. So it was kind of, I wanted to capture the moment of, of me opening it. And when I did and when I, you know, actually pulled the book out and held it, it, it was just, it was, I was overwhelmed with joy Yeah. that, you know, it came I've arrived, <laughs> you know, I, I did what I set out to do. Exactly. And now it's, it's just keep going, you know. Did you post a video one. online in the end? Did you get the yes, guts so, to do that? Yeah, I posted the video on um, Instagram, um, TikTok. I have a LinkedIn profile. I did it on LinkedIn as well. Brilliant. Um, I didn't do it on my Twitter just because my Twitter algorithm seems to be messed up. Mm. I think I, I don't. I used to get more engagement, but I don't get as much engagement. So I just posted pictures of me doing it because um, I didn't know what would happen if I put a, a video on there. Um, so the video is not on Twitter, but the pictures are on Twitter. So uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't have one. worried about it anyway. Twitter is more of a dump and run place now, unfortunately. Yeah. It, we're, authors are lucky if we get any engagement. It's basically, hopefully some something will catch someone's eye they'll stop right. at the post they'll read it they'll get interested mm -hmm. they'll click on it that's all we can hope with when it comes to twitter it, it, it's very true and that's where i started twitter was the first one that i actually created and, and worked from primarily and mm. networked and and met so many great great writers and great mm. like minds and somewhere along the lines I, I don't know when it just kind of stopped to the screeching halt where there's not as much engagement anymore. There's yeah. not as many posts as there were. It's, and I think that that's what's kind of jumbled the algorithm and kind of forced my profile to be lost in the translation of it. Mm. So when, when I was posting everywhere else and I did post it on my Facebook as well, I, I got to Twitter and I was like, mm, I think I'm just going to take still shots. I'm just going to do, mm -hmm. the, do the pictures and, and put it out there with a post and just kind of see see where that lands and you know, it did um, a little bit better but hashtags you know are important mm -hmm. anyway on twitter but they actually should be used on every single post on every social media platform right so if right. you don't do that start doing that another oh i definitely thing, do that yeah you do good you uh, another to. <laughs> tip to follow is uh when you see these sponsors on facebook doesn't matter what they are doesn't matter what they are, face cream, um, um, some trousers, some men's shoes, <laughs> go on there, leave a comment because your profile picture, your face is now part of this stream of comments. Wow. Okay. I didn't, I didn't even think about that. Okay. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> you, you like, you like it and you leave a comment and you walk off. You are on that thread now, people, whether you've got your profile picture or a picture of your book or you're holding your book, it will say um, Justin, uh, sorry again, Justin Brimhall, author or author Justin Brimhall. And you never know who's going to click on that and take a look at your profile. Definitely. No, that's a great tip. I never, ever would have thought about that. <laughs> I've got it loads where that come from. I've I got them coming out of my ears. So, um, what I want you to do right now is is take one of your books because I can see loads of them behind you. Take one of your books, hold it in your hand, show it to the camera. Let's have a look at the lovely cover. Now, this was done um, by the publisher 
did the cover? Yes. Yes. And was this um, your um, interpretation of what you wanted, or yes. what say? It, it was. It was a little bit of both. So it was a collaboration. Um, I had the concept of yeah. somebody just a kind of like a silhouette. I didn't want yeah. anybody with you know spe uh, specified characteristics or anything like that. Um, I just wanted a silhouette in front of an urban wall with the the wings that are painted on in the background because it it alludes. I'm guessing he's a fallen angel. Yes. So basically, the concept is is the main character Randy. He's a nephilim, so he's half of a fallen angel, and he doesn't know it. And uh, Gadriel, who is Lucifer's right hand man, um, orchestrated this whole plan to wage war against heaven using randy so he's he's been kind of in the shadows behind the scenes kind of moving things around on the board getting every basically leading him to that direction without him realizing it and you get to see that and and know that because you you know all of it so you you can see what gadriel's doing you can see what randy's doing and, and you can see that he's kind of on this collision course. I want to stop you one second because this storyline has been done so many times before when it comes to fallen angels mm -hmm. and Lucifer and Gab uh, Gabrielle and um, uh, Michael and, and all the others. What's different? What have you done that's different to all the other books out there? What I have done differently is that they're not like how they are done so they don't like being here so all the times that you see you know lucifer walking amongst people he's very sexual you know he he dabbles like in a tv show <laughs> yeah which i love but this these angels are soldiers they're not the fallen angels hate being there they hate it they don't interact it's very little interaction if at all um they have their own agendas that are always bigger than humanity, bigger than life itself. Um, and we get to, to see the fallen angels as they're broken apart. So they've, they've been drifting apart for centuries mm -hmm. and they've been separated for a long time. And Gadriel, his gift is foresight and he can see many different visions. They're not all correct. They're not all wrong. They're just all coming. They're all possible pathways, but because it's his gift and he knows how to use it, he can pluck out certain things and kind of point Make things, things in work. that direction. So yeah. when he got that, that vision of bringing on that war, he knew what to do. So he started doing it and he meets up with Lucifer after the shoe's about to drop. So he's been gone. He was his right-hand man. And still a guy that Lucifer trusts or an angel that Lucifer trusts, which is why he's willing to hear him out, even though he's irritated that he abandoned him. So they're, they're much different. Michael is not your typical, I, I love everything and I'm just going to, you know, I love humanity and I'm there for humanity. No, Michael's he's a, a warrior. Too. Michael's a yeah. fighter. He's, he's a soldier. To... He's, he's doing yeah. things to protect humanity because of his father so it's they're soldiers that that's the the brass tax of it is that they're very calculated they're 
there's not a lot of fluff there's not a lot of play it's everything is is tactical and they're just kind of moving along this this board and heaven can see it but the the one rule that kind of handcuffs them is that they can't interfere they can't interfere with with humanity and neither can the fallen angels which is why gadriel's so cunning he doesn't Ah. he's not doing anything he's manipulating Ah, right because he's he's not breaking them to do it themselves Exactly. He's doing it so he can get around the rules. Exactly. He's bending the rules, but he's not breaking the rules. And now heaven, they're bound. They can't, they can't just drop in and just say stop. So they're kind of sitting on their hands, so to speak. Kind of, they're, they're not going to let anything bad happen. You know, if, if the rules are broken, if, if something happens, they will intervene. But since the rules aren't being broken, they, they can't really do anything. So that that's kind of like in a nutshell of what's going on. There's just a lot of moving parts. We're following Randy specifically. So it's an origin story for him, but it's also an origin story for all the angels that are involved too. So we're, we're seeing, we're learning what they've been through, what they've been going through and where they're at today because of it. But now the fallen angels, they have this new breath of fresh air that, we can wage our war. Lucifer can, Lucifer can finally have his war. He can finally, you know, attack because that, that was my whole thing growing up that I always wanted to do, which was great that I got the idea just out of nowhere <laughs> in college was that I was always fascinated with the fact that through, through the stories and everything, there was this great war and he fell because of it. But I always wondered why he never tried again. So why he that's never wanted what, to go back exactly so that's what this is about and you're you're getting to kind of see and navigate with them they've got to be careful they they've found heaven's blind spot so heaven does have a blind spot they found it and they work through that blind spot Mm. but heaven's not stupid either so they can see what's kind of happening but because nothing's being broken nothing's being done they, they can't do anything about it so they're kind of in this standstill. It's like a standoff, so to speak. But once the shoe drops, and that's what the rest of the, the series is going to be about. It's I was going to say, more. this sounds too much for one book, Justin. Yeah, <laughs> it, it definitely is. It's, I've got an idea for four. Um, I'm about three quarters of the way through the second one. But that's, as it moves forward past this one, it's war and it's chaos and it's it's all this stuff and kind of happening on earth so wow it's yeah it's it's a big big long kind of thing that i'm super excited about and i can't write it fast enough because we, we, we've had like i said books about the war mm-hmm. i've never known of books of where the wars someone's actually wrote about the war actually happening because mm-hmm. always at the end of the book it, everything goes back to normal and the angels go back up and everyone's all la-di-da. But um, to actually write about uh, angelic war happening on earth, I mean, wow. And they all have gifts. So the, the thing that I separate it is not, they're strong, they're all strong. And that's pretty much what you always see with that trope is that angels got this super speed and super strength and they're all Mm. kind of even in that sort but i give them all a specific gift like a god-given gift 
that is integral for what's going on. So it's, I kind of play with the themes of, you know, God always has a plan type thing, like does everything for a reason sort of thing. So all of their specific gifts are utilized in this whole buildup and then eventually in the war. But as you said, they've got God-given gifts. Can't God mm-hmm. take them back? No, not in mine. <laughs> so I, I, I pretty much just kind of wanted to have it amongst the angels themselves. And he's taken a, a backseat, so to speak. Like it's watching it play out. Yeah. It's kind of, I want the reader to be like, does he, does he know what's going to happen? Is he okay with what's going to happen? Is he just disinterested in what's happening? Is like, has he given up? It's so like when Noah is, built the ark, he did it yeah. to start from humanity, start from scratch again, just from mm-hmm. that family in the ark, because of how people were um, reacting and their the way they were living, um, right. sinning, and um, preaching to other gods that you know he wasn't happy about. So. Right he flooded the place and and humanity starts again so if he's having to sit back and letting them get on with it there must be a reason behind that Mm -hmm. like he's not happy about something that that the earth the humans have done and he's sitting back and letting it play out like uh gomoleth in in uh in in the bible Mm -hmm. um that that's how i see it there must be yeah no to, to sit back yeah no you're you're on the right track so like obviously i'm not going to give anything away because it's like down the road but you know that's that's kind of the theme that this introduces that continues to play out through the rest of the books is like Wonderful. there there's just so much going on and there there are human characters that are introduced that we love as well and they're caught in the middle of it mm-hmm. um some of them are intricate pieces um, that, that actually start everything. <laughs> so it's, there, there's a lot going on. There's a lot moving. And I just wanted to get it set, get it established. You know, this is yeah. the origin. This is how it starts. But That's this is the jumping off the point. Yeah. And then once we plunge down into the real uh, meat and potatoes of it, then there's just so much more that's going yeah. on that, that you, oh, you wouldn't have imagine. thought of originally. And so, four books, you think, huh? Yes. Wow. That's what I'm thinking. Hopefully, you know, it, I'm not going to try and drag it out, but I don't want to end it too quickly either. So it's kind of, I'm letting it tell itself. Like, I know what's going to happen. And I, know what I, need to do. I mean, something like this needs a lot of research, unless you yeah. are a, what we call a Bible basher. Um, You just live with the Bible, you know, all the Psalms, you know, all the stories. Otherwise, a lot of research needs to be done because, um, like I said, it's 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 been the the actual um, the bare bones of the story has been done many, many times before. Mm -hmm. And so because people know of it and they know of the war and they know of the angels and the names and what's going Mm -hmm. on. Um, you've got to get that correct to start mm-hmm. with. You know, this is whether it's truth or not, 
historical <laughs> fact we'll call it historical fact right um you've got to get that right for the reader to mm -hmm. um relate and understand and want to read more of your work right so how much research did you do on this a ton so i my my cousin um is catholic and he grew up, right. up catholic so it's more kind of focused on that angle of religion and the tropes because that's what I'm most familiar with. Right. Um, but it, it did take a lot of researching uh, just everything that I can about each individual one. Um, Gadriel is actually really a demon in tropes, mm -hmm. but I turned him into an angel. I, I took out the angel demon thing. I just made them all angels. So I'm, I'm sticking with, Ooh, oh, wow. that's I a felt. sign. That's wow. a sign. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> Someone's listening I, to you. I'm sticking with, you know, just everything's angel. You know, I want to stay true to to as many things as I can, but at the mm -hmm. same time, I'm I'm doing my own spin and I'm doing my own perspective. Well, it's it's got to be. It's a book. It's it's got to. I want. Yeah. You know, it's it's got to be entertaining. So you've got to exactly. add your own little storyline to it to twist it up and and right. to make the readers gasp and shock and, exactly. and not expect that. Yeah, right. And and I just wanted to make sure that the the things that they're known for stay the same as far mm -hmm. as you know one's one's good, one's evil, that that sort mm -hmm. of thing. But I do try to play with the humanity aspect of it with mm -hmm. the fallen angels even though they hate being on earth and they hate humans they've been there for so long that they've they've turned into that unknowingly so mm -hmm. they they do even though they're they're supreme beings in a sense you know angels are supreme beings they have a lot of human elements a form of humanity you know? because they, of how long they have jealousy they have anger yeah. exactly and even the heavenly like ones do they're they're angry with their brothers and sisters. They're, you know, there, there's a lot of that. So there's like a lot of sibling rivalry that goes into it as mm. well. So I try to paint a more human kind of canvas with them versus like they're, they're supreme and, and nobody can stop them because then yeah. at that point, like, Demons, why tell the story? Everyone. Right. What, what films did you watch? Cause I've watched so many films um, with this storyline. Um, prophecy have you seen the prophecy i have yeah the prophecy wow. is a good one That's um a good one. one that i really like is legion yes yes i've got that on dvd i love legion um that as soon as i saw that i kind of got worried when when the previews came out i was like no 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 because <laughs> it was so it was so similar i'm like no it's, it's <laughs> no wait and you know it's obviously it's different thing um, yeah. but I really, really enjoyed that too, because yeah. it was, it was different as well, because here Michael was, uh, being like Lucifer, he was going yeah. against God's will. And I, I like child, that. Yeah. I like those different kind of angles of traditional tropes, which is why I did what I did. I, I didn't want the same old thing as much as I, I love the TV show Lucifer and I absolutely love Tom Ellis as Lucifer. There's no one better <laughs> in my opinion. <laughs> I didn't want it to be about that. 
as much as I wanted this to, the, the whole theme of the entire series is this epic war that's been coming for thousands of years. Mm-hmm. It's war. And what's in war? Soldiers. They're soldiers. It's, they, they're tactical. They, they think that way. You know, the fallen angels don't mix with humanity. They don't like it. They don't, they hate being there. So essentially I took the hell element out of it. So there's no yeah. hell. Earth yeah. is their hell. That's their punishment yeah. because they were the That's ones cool. that didn't bend the knee and God, when he cast him out, he cast him amongst the things he hated most. And that, that they was have his, to yeah, that was his hell. Yeah, exactly. That's really cool. So I love it. Yeah, I mean, uh, the books that are out there, the films, I mean, the prophecy, uh, there's three of them. Um, I think it's fantastic. The guy who plays Gabriel, oh, what's his name? Oh, yeah. Is it Christopher Walken? That's it. One of the evilest fallen angels, demon type Gabriels that have (laughs) ever been played before. He was absolutely amazing in that film. Absolutely absolutely they, they, yeah. i really like those um legion is a good one and then you've got your 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 different ones where it's like they only portray lucifer in a way so like your devil's advocate or um um i'm no um with end of days end of days with arnie mm-hmm. yeah that's the other that's one. one so yeah. it's like you you get you get different versions of them like of mm-hmm. Lucifer and, and, mm-hmm. but, but similar tropes always stay the same of like his mm-hmm. rebellion. Yeah. Um, how he looks at humanity as his play toys, his play things. And that's what he you're, likes to do to mock his father. And You're currently working on book two at this moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you having them talking to you now, you're having those voices telling mm-hmm. you, you know, the next scene and where they're going right. and what they have to do next. Mm-hmm. How does that feel? It feels awesome because that is what I wanted to get to. That's why the first one was more hard for me. It was, it was a little bit more difficult mm-hmm. because I wanted to get into the good stuff mm-hmm. and I had to be patient and I had mm-hmm. to lay out all the, all the framework and, and the foundation of the story. And that's where my friend came in so well was he was like, slow down, slow down, you know, like <laughs> world build character build like these are things you know like don't skip over that stuff and it it was it was very very important for me to hear that because you know that in your mind that that's what you have to do but step back you're you're just yeah you're just racing towards that 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 good part that you've you've had in your head and once I got through the first one and then actually got down and, and started writing the second one it's been flowing much easier, much quicker because yeah. now I'm in it where I want to be, where yeah. I've always wanted to be. You're in the and zone. And yes. when you're in the zone, that's when the gold comes out. Definitely. When you're not forcing yourself to write mm-hmm. when you have to write. Exactly. You can't sleep because they won't shut <laughs> up. You have to get on the keyboard. You have to get that scene down and then Definitely. you can go back to sleep that's been in the zone and it mm-hmm. is an amazing amazing feeling to be in because yep. that's like I said when it flows when the gold comes out and when everything that's written down is pure magic definitely I, I I couldn't agree more and it's it's not I never felt like I had to force myself to write the first one 
Um, I tried to pick and choose my times when I felt the inspiration or the motivation yeah. to do so, which made it easier. Yeah. Um, but you're absolutely right. Like now, because it's, it's everything that I've been wanting to write this whole time. It's, I can't find enough time to sit down and yeah. do it because it's, you know, you have all these other things that are going on that, you know, you have other engagements, you have other priorities and responsibilities mm -hmm. and it's, it's about finding that time. So when I do find the time, I make sure that I maximize the time as much as I can. Yeah. And I'm, I'm really hoping that I can get it done, done relatively soon and start getting, you haven't got a deadline process. from your publisher, have you? Not, no, um, they're, good. they're very much, um, cause it's not, it's, it's not like the traditional publishing world where they give you a contract and it's of so yeah. many books. Yeah. It's, it's kind of open-ended to yeah. where it's like, yeah, you're contracted with this, this idea, but they, they can choose to pass if they wanted to you know so yeah. it's, it's a very open-ended thing very doubtful they will do that if they've taken right. the first book on. <laughs> I mean you must have pitched them the second uh, book and and told them that it's going to be probably a four book series they must know that they they do I've told I've I've told her um every time that I reference it I always get the thumbs up you know always get it get it going get it done you yeah know? get so it I've, done I've, awesome. I've definitely been excited so we'll, we'll, we'll see it's been an absolute pleasure getting to know you getting to know your book chatting with you um why don't you tell our listeners and uh, our watchers because it's going to be audio podcast as well where they can find you online and where they can get your book cool um you can find me um across all social media so you can find me on twitter facebook uh instagram TikTok and as I mentioned LinkedIn um, that's just another way for me to kind of utilize a different platform to get stuff yeah. out there um, you can get my book on Amazon so it's it's right now it's exclusively on Amazon uh, um, you can get either yeah you can either get Kindle or you can get the physical copies so it's whichever however you like to to read books um, they're both awesome. there um definitely trying to to branch out <laughs> hopefully it, it can become available a little bit you know uh out there in actual stores and stuff like that but that's that's where you can get it right now yeah brilliant uh well i wish you all the best with the uh, the debut novel and future novels um it's so excited i'm excited for you thank um, you so much yeah you're welcome um so i will uh be watching out for that and hopefully you'll come on the show when your second book comes out and we can talk about that oh absolutely i, I will come on the show anytime you want me to this has oh, been awesome, awesome. i really <laughs> appreciate you, you the opportunity you're welcome